0: Hey everyone, welcome to Cosmere and Coffee. This is a podcast where we're going to be talking about Brandon Sanderson and the Cosmere and maybe the occasional non-Cosmere thing. So we are part of the Project Derailed podcast network um, and I am Tom. Um, I've been a producer on Tales of the Voidfarer. um, I've been on Big Streaming Pile, I've been on a few other things um, and I have with me uh, with me here um, my brother Mike and Nick. So uh, Mike, why don't you introduce yourself real quick?
1: Hello everybody, I'm Mike, Uh, like Tom said, I'm his brother, this is my first time doing a podcast with d or with anybody, Uh, so I'm just looking forward to it.
2: Nice.
0: Nick, you want to introduce yourself real quick?
3: Yeah! Hi, I'm Nick Urusiva. Um, If you're familiar with uh, any of the other stuff we do here on Project Derailed, you probably know who I am. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Derailed. I'm the dungeon master of Tales of the Void Uh I've appeared on Fables Around the Table, and I'm Quasi-Raptor on Cape Chronicles.
0: Nice. That's too many things. You have to take one off.
3: Oh, shit. Um, well, sorry, Quasi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was in the middle of a sip of beer. That was a mistake. <laughs> That's never <laughs> also, a mistake, it's Tom. One fifty-five, and I'm in the afternoon. I'm drinking a beer. So hey, it is five, five o'clock brand. somewhere. This is Cosmere and coffee, Tom. I know. Oh, I had a coffee. I had like two coffees earlier. One of them was a yeah. large. I've had enough caffeine <laughs> through the
1: day. I'm I'm um, sipping water out of a coffee cup, if that counts.
0: That is. It's just really weak coffee. It's like really weak cold <laughs> brew. You know, it's actually true because this is the
1: same cup that I was drinking coffee out of earlier. There you go. So there you there's go. There's gotta be some left. Yeah.
0: What do you have, Nick?
3: I one hundred percent on brand have a coffee Ew. because oh. uh no, I'm actually absolutely lying, it's an energy drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's like a coffee, but it hates you.
3: Yeah. That's an that's angry a good coffee. way to put it, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an angry coffee. <laughs> Anyway, that's the vibe for the podcast. If you're not in, get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, we will actually probably talk about Cosmere stuff eventually. Um, but yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'll put here that we are going to be spoiling the Lost Metal and probably the rest of the Cosmere. Um, we will try and avoid the secret projects, so we'll respect that if you're trying to avoid the spoilers there, but pretty much everything else is going to be fair game. Sets like Lost Metal, any Cosmere books, any random streams or Q and A's Bran has ever done over the past like twenty years or whatever. It's all up in the air. We're all it's all fair game for us.
3: We have we all have the copper mine pulled up right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As we do at all times. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. It's just like
0: (laughs) got a fucking icon on my phone for it. (laughs) Um so if you haven't read The Lost Metal, um you should go read The Lost Metal. It's a good book. Um, and then come back and hear what we have to talk about it. Um but just to kind of get our listeners on the same page as us, why don't we kind of talk about like our relationship to the Cosmere, kind of how we got into it, what our deal is, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll kind of kick it off. Um, so I've been reading The Cosmere for a long time. I think I probably hopped in shortly after Way of Kings came out, but I think the first I read was Mistborn. Um, so I've been in it for a while. I know I remember the Words of Radiance release, though I wasn't like a huge fan at the point. Um, so I've been around the block a few times. I've been like a pretty huge fan for a long time. Pretty into like the lore and all the other stuff. Um, though I try not to be too much of a pedantic nerd about it. <laughs> Um, though my favorite book is The Silmarillion, which probably tells you a lot about me as a person. (laughs) Everything anyone needs to know, I think. Yeah, that really is just like, like, it's like, I don't have like a classic, like, horoscope thing. It's just like Silmarillion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Mike, why don't you tell us about your sort of relationship with the Cosmere and where you're coming from with it?
1: Yeah, um... So I I started reading the Cosmere um my first year at college I had just like moved out for the first time and that was 2010 and it was right after Way of Kings came out which was the first book I picked up um, I okay. didn't even like realize that it was a new release at that point I knew nothing about Sanderson or the Cosmere um, but I read Way of Kings and then it it wasn't until years later that I picked up um Elantris and then Mistborn and uh read those read through the entire Mistborn trilogy um and then it was at that point that I started picking up on some of the connections between the different Cosmere yeah. books and I actually like became like a big Sanderson fan and you know ever since then I've, I've just read um everything in the Cosmere of course and and then probably read everything a few more times than i necessarily needed to (laughs) yeah um yeah so so that's that's kind of how i got introduced and then
0: uh and then uh kind of drowned in the sea of the cosmere yeah i remember back in the day when like we realized like man this hoid guy is in these books this is -hmm. crazy isn't it (laughs) i think actually the i think i remember actually it
1: was a conversation between me and you tom Mm -hmm. and i asked you why sanderson is reusing names between different books (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a lazy author. I like the books, but come on. Um, so, that yeah, yeah, right. I think I think you actually may have been the first one to key me on to the existence okay. of the Cosmere there.
0: Yeah. And I remember, like, when I first learned that, like, there was a connection that, like, you know, the stuff going on, like, you know, honor might be the same sort of thing as, like, ruin and preservation. from mm-hmm. this And I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool moment <laughs> that wrinkled my brain. Yep. Um, yeah, Nick, why don't you talk about your like relation to the Cosmere and how you get yeah. here?
3: Uh, well, I actually only just got into the Cosmere relatively recently. Uh, I at, at the very least compared to the two of you, um, I I went from like not being much of a reader, hardly at all, like through my college years and stuff, and uh, to. You know, getting a job where I had an hour and a half commute every day. So I went hard on audiobooks and after much long uh, <laughs> insistence from Tom to check out this guy, <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, uh, I jumped in off the deep end with the Way of Kings and uh, proceeded to binge the entirety of everything published in the Cosmere with the exception of White Sand in like three months. Now it was like six months, but yeah. it's still... <laughs>
0: That's a lot, that's a lot it's of content to just sort of yeah. just slurp down.
3: Right, so... I never uh, had,
1: like, that much Cosmere built up, like, available to me uh-huh. at once. So, like, I feel like coming down from that binge has got to be... Oh, yeah. ...a hell of an experience. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. It's <laughs> the biggest Cosmere hangover. <laughs> Where I get yeah. done, I'm like, shit, what now? <laughs>
0: yeah. No, we're about to have a good year. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Um, and... That's part of the reason we're launching the podcast now, because um, we want to try and bring you some good Cosmere content to hold you between the quarterly releases. Mm Because if you're like us, like the more content there is, the more you're just like hankering for something to hold you over in between. So hopefully we can provide some of that at least a little bit. Um, This right here is kind of our pilot episode. Uh, We're talking about the Lost Metal. Um, So if you don't like this one, you should keep listening just in case we get better um <laughs> if you do like it then i guess drop off now because that's a good you know, rule out. Out. yeah <laughs> for all media consumption by the yeah, way yeah yeah if you if like not like you something just leave it yeah, yeah just imagine someone who like got that advice for star wars back in the day they're probably pretty pleased with that <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> This is a good podcast. Everyone should listen to it. Yeah. Um, tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends. Why don't we go around and talk about just, like, our first impressions of the Lost Metal, like, going through and reading it. Um, and I'm going to put someone on the spot. I'm going to put Nick on the spot to start. Nick, what sure. your first impressions.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I really, uh, really enjoyed my time with the book. Um, like, and... It, it's so satisfying to see so many threads come together. And not only that, but see this book cross over with the rest of the Cosmere so much more than any other book we've seen before. Um, and it almost fit, like, as I said, with my experience with the Cosmere, like, basically binging it all at once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it feels like a culmination of that journey uh, where I went uh, yeah. and binged it all like only a little over a year ago. And now this book kind of incorporates so much of all of it. Um, so yeah, it was really it satisfying does. to see that. And like for the first time, like really being able to notice connections as they happen, um, which I was only really starting to get with uh, uh rhythm of war. Was like the, really yeah. the first book, because uh, I had caught up with Stormlight before Rhythm of War came out, and then switched to Mistborn oh, yeah, and did right. everything yeah. else. And then when I went back and finally listened to Rhythm of War, that's when I was starting to pick up these little connections as they, as they were happening. So yeah. uh, that is a hell of a n-
0: reading order, right there. Like right? Stormlight <laughs> through Oathbringer, the entire Cosmere than Rhythm of War, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> But yeah, so The Last Metal was just a continuation of that, where it was, not only am I picking up these connections, there's also more of them. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, both, And it was such a great story as well. And and there were lots of incredibly uh, unexpected twists and turns in it that yeah. did not see coming. And then some things I did. Like, you know, starting with your uh, prologue, was wayne and wayne's whole story from the beginning i felt like uh his his the ending of his story was very well uh telegraphed from the beginning so i wasn't super surprised but it was also very satisfying i think
0: yeah all right what were your first impressions mike um so i i also really liked the book um i
1: so far i I still haven't read a book by sanderson that i didn't really like um but uh partially just in the interest of playing a little devil's advocate, but also partially because, you know, like I, it's not a perfect book. Um, right. I I did think that there were like more there were more points in the plot um, than I'm accustomed to with Sanderson, where I it kind of like brought me out of out of it a little bit and made okay. me like sit there and question like, does that, does that really make sense? And, um, just like, just as, like, as a couple examples, um, I thought, like, the, like, allowing the, um, the Mawish ambassador, allowing that person into, like, a, a, a security council meeting, essentially, with, like, Staris uh, and the governor, and, weird. and I thought, like, that was, it's just strange, and it had to happen yeah. for the plot. Um, but, it, like, it didn't really m- make sense with the characters as I understand them. Um, okay. and I kind of had the same feeling about giving him the Bands of Mourning as well. Like, it felt like yeah. the, uh, uh, like, the lead-up to that when they were, like, when Soon eventually decided to fetch the Bands of Mourning, that didn't really feel, like, in line with Steris and all the characters that were present there, um, to me personally. And then it also felt very strange when they... Just sort of handed the bands over to to the ambassador, um, like and, and and I don't want to like get caught up on on those specific details, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. like from a, a broader perspective, it felt to me like, um, uh, and and maybe this is because like Sanderson didn't plan this era of Mistborn out from the beginning the way I think like he's a really meticulous planner yeah. with most of his stories, um, but it, it felt like there were there were things that had to happen for the plot in this book that uh just weren't um foreshadowed they weren't like expected and they weren't necessarily like in line with all the character motivations in in the way that i'm accustomed to for sanderson so i I think like it's worth it's it's worth pointing out and talking about even
0: though again i love the book i like i really enjoyed reading it yeah and some of it's like stuff that like from a different author you're just like look past because like there's been a but like brandon's usually very very just so tight yeah Yeah.
1: and and actually it makes me wonder too if like maybe maybe i'm just doubting sanderson too much here maybe there are explanations for these things and we just don't know them yet like i think that's always possible i do think
0: there's a lot of that going on Um, yeah i'll go ahead and give my reaction here because i think it's a good like Mm -hmm. synthesis position um my immediate like thought after i finished the book was it felt kind of like a victory lap on era too if that makes Mm, sense or honestly like a victory lap on the cosmere as a whole right now i think that's a that's a good way of putting it yeah Yeah. i agree that and what i realized after reading was i felt like all of the really core character arcs were kind of resolved at the end of bands of morning like wayne gets over like his fear of guns and like does his wayne thing um like wax and staris like get together and get married Um, and, like, Wax is fully okay with that. Um, a lot of, like, the sort of Wax and Harmony, like, tension is, like, resolved in a pretty satisfying way, at least for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and the Lost Metal didn't, like, it definitely didn't, like, ruin any of that. Like, it very carefully avoided, like, destroying what had come before, which Brandon is usually very good at. Mm -hmm. But everything felt like, like, it, it almost felt like a really extended prologue to like bands of morning or epilogue rather to bands of morning (laughs) yeah Yeah, where it's like all the core arcs were pretty similar well wax and Staris was like moving into a new place but once again like we don't really see like the core like arc of wax of like getting over Lessie and like learning to love starris is like fully resolved before this book even starts like that's never even in question Mm -hmm. um like the book and the book i think rightfully doesn't like try and put a wedge in there that would actually have been bad but it also right. means there's just like not a ton of conflict left juice mm-hmm. so we're left with just like wax just like kind of taking a victory lap and like yeah you know, we get to see wax like steel push the bullets out of the machine gun and stuff which is pretty sweet yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean wax <laughs> is badass but we've yeah, known but that for a while now <laughs> right,
3: right. Yeah,
0: yeah 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 but it almost feels like the type of thing that like would be like cool like bonus extras on the dvd of, yep. like, just sick-ass scenes that, like, didn't quite make the final cut. I thought um, I thought Wayne in particular, um, like, obviously, well, like, like,
1: Wayne had to be in a very bad mental health state at the beginning of this book. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, like, really, that doesn't really pan out for me. It doesn't, like, check out with the end of Bands of Mourning. And then, like, the six-year gap during which it, it feels like. Wayne's life has been pretty great, you know. Like he's he's yeah. doing productive work. He's in a long term relationship that's weird <laughs> but stable, right? Like, like it feels yeah. it's weird to me that in this six years, it appears like Wayne's mental state and well being have deteriorated from yeah. bands of mourning.
0: When like, yeah, a little bit. Like I don't know.
1: Is that explained? If if it is explained,
0: like I don't, uh, I think I well, kind of missed it. Yeah. I think the strong implication is that it has to do with his, like, residual guilt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where it's Which like, I think, like, makes sense.
3: Yeah. Where it's, like, there's the, like, dissonance between reality and his perception where it's, like, it doesn't matter what anyone around him says. Like, he's not forgiven for what he's done. And I think in a similar sense, like, he could have the best life that anyone yeah. could hope for. And he's still sad. You yeah. Know? And I that I think all it makes follows sense. a like, similar... You know, yeah. kind of in a similar vein.
1: Yeah. Like, there's no... And this is, you know, we're getting into, like, real life stuff here. Like, I don't think there's any, like, true resolution for trauma yeah. of that, like, in that
0: sense. Right. Um. Yeah. It's, like, one of those, like, feels realistic, but isn't maybe, like, super satisfying yeah. as an arc. Yeah. And it does feel a little... Like, you can kind of, like, you feel the artifice in the way that, like, it's very clear that, like, Brandon wanted to do, like, a Wayne arc in this book that mm-hmm. obviously leads up to Wayne's death. Right. And that kind of, like, requires Wayne to be in a bad spot so that, like, his resolution and catharsis... Uh, his, like, resolution and death feels like a catharsis. Yeah.
1: So, um, actually, I think, like, the flaw that I'm pointing out here, if there is one, it's not in this arc, or, it, or it's, like, it, the fact that it's realistic. It It's more that from Sanderson in particular... I expect him to have this all planned in the last yeah. book. And then to just have the transition a little bit smoother.
0: Yeah. And actually, I think that I want to segue us a little bit and just talking about how the Lost Metal... Um, so the bullet point on our outline here is how the Lost Metal fits into like Mistborn and the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. So for, let's talk about like how it fits... Let's like scope narrow than wide. So let's talk about just like in Era 2, like how it fits and i'll sort of like toss this off by saying that well I, I know that brandon said during the release party that in his mind it almost feels like um shadows and bands form mm-hmm. like a duology and then like there's like a bookend duology of like Alloway of law and mm-hmm. um the lost metal there we go <laughs> yeah i <laughs> um, could
3: definitely see that too
0: yeah mm-hmm. um which I think is an interesting thing. Um, for me, the way it felt was more like there's a trilogy from, like, Alloy, through Shadows. Yeah. Two bands. And then mm-hmm. this feels, like I said, it feels like a victory lap. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, of those two, like, models. Like, Brandon's own perception and, like, mine that I pulled out of my ass. Like, well, how do you I guys think, land? <laughs> I think
3: Brandon had even said previously that he was considering it, like, a trilogy and then a standalone and then I think in writing it, he now thinks of it as the, the okay. two duologies. Um, but I think it still depends on, like, the connections that you make. I think you can yeah. define it as either depending on how you look at it.
0: Yeah. Though notably when he talks about it as, like, a standalone in a trilogy, what he usually means is that Alloy of Law was a standalone. And oh. then he conceived the oh, next three. Because yeah. he wrote Alloy of Law not actually intending to continue. I see, I see, I see. Um, but as he like, reached the end of writing it, he's sort of like – just because he's Brandon, he like set a billion things up. Right, he's right. He's like, oh, I should do more stuff with this. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay, I misunderstood I mean, I love that Sarah. then. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I like these books a lot. <laughs> yeah,
3: I like them too.
1: I think um, in support of Sanderson's articulation there, other than yours, Tom, mm-hmm. um, I think in terms of tone – the first and last book match each other very well.
3: Where, I where it felt to me sense.
1: like like the lost metal kind of returned to like a like campiness, I guess that the alloy of law yeah. had that it kind of felt like, especially in shadows of self, um yeah. was not super present. But then in, in bands of warning too, I think it, it is more, it is closer there to shadows than it is to either alloy or the lost metal, uh, and mm-hmm. I and I like that like the the kind of comedic tone from sanderson with like some you know like elements of satire and kind of over-the-top characters um that i thought both alloy
0: and the lost metal shared like it's fun for sure you guys i'm gonna throw in there nick before i just explode off
3: (laughs) (laughs) no let it rip
0: okay well i was going to say that um this is like something that i felt um even previously and now feel even stronger is, to me, I actually think, like, Shadows of Self stands out from the rest of it. um, For me, at least, just in terms of, like, how much I like it, and all, but also in tone, where, like, Shadows is, like, incredibly dark, mm-hmm. but it's also, by, I think, like, a long shot my favorite of these mm-hmm. four books. um, Like, I really, really, really like Shadows of Self, and I never thought Bands of Mourning quite... Lived up to it, though I do like Bands of Mourning a lot. Um, just like the, but Shadows of Self like felt so like powerfully control, like like it felt like a really really powerful character study on like Wax in particular. Yeah. yeah. Now um,
3: correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. Ahead. Didn't Brandon actually end up writing Shadows of Self like after he wrote Bands of Mourning? Essentially.
0: Yeah. Um. So if I. I believe the history here is that he started Shadows of Self, got kind of lost in it, and switched over and wrote all of Vans and Morning, and then circled back and finished Shadows of Self and rewrote big chunks of what he had written
3: already. Uh, I think that's probably um, in no small part, like, yeah, kind of why it kind of feels <laughs> yeah. unique. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it probably does. And to me, like the extra work it got, I think does show in just like how tight a story it is,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and also
0: just like how good the reveals were. Mm-hmm. um like the the stuff with like Leslie and palm is like so mm-hmm. tasty and it's one of those things that like makes so much sense and it really shows say Z in a bad light which i love i mean i yeah. love say Zed, obviously like and like it pains me when he does bad stuff uh-huh. but it's like makes so much sense with like who he's had mm-hmm. to become and uh, it's just like tasty storytelling to me it's like oh yeah let me like you know slurp this out of a straw like i want all that (laughs) and i thought it was like a really
1: i mean what you're talking about specifically was really important to get us kind of ready and primed to start seeing say and harmony as distinct characters too Um,
2: Um, that's true yeah mm -hmm. and
1: and then you know maybe i'm sure we'll talk about this more later but like i mean discord too like are these three characters two characters we don't really understand here I don't know if if you guys have Mm. specific theories about that or not. I know, like, it it feels to me like there's a lot of just uncertainty and a lack of knowledge there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I, so I have, like, a mantra I kind of, like, use as a rule for understanding, like, where cosmic storytelling is going. Which Mm. is, just, like, repeat to yourself, like, shards are not your (laughs) friends. Like... Um, well, like there's a line from Rhythm of War where Taravangian describes that he, like, realizes that, you know, the Cosmere is, you know, a universe ruled by broken gods, and I think that is, like, deeply correct. But uh, I think that, like, shards by their nature are kind of broken entities that, like, cannot perceive right and wrong in any meaningful
3: way. Yeah, Um. well, like, yeah, go ahead to, to, to kind of expound upon that a little bit. Uh, when they're talking about Odium in, um, shit, what, uh,
1: Stormlight? Words, of radiance, words um, of radiance? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: when they're talking about Odium in Words of Radiance, uh, like, there was a line that basically said, it's it's all of the hate of Adonalsium without, like, the context- Yeah, of like everything else and i think that's inherently the problem with every shard is it's like a single aspect without the checks and balances of the rest
0: yep and i actually think that here like nightblood is intended to sort of like be like a metaphorical or allegorical kind of match that that's like like basically every shard is like what if nightblood was a billion times more powerful yeah mm-hmm. um which is bad like they lack yeah. like basically in the same way that a chunk of metal lacks the understanding of the world to make like his command meaningful like a human lacks the like breadth of understanding to properly contextualize what like ruin or preservation or honor or cultivation yeah. or odium or any of it means and mm-hmm. then i think we see like a different a
1: different piece of the story um with the heralds that like and the fused, yeah. of course, like that uh, it's, it's not exactly it's not like a perfect parallel there because we're not talking about like the immensity of, of a shard,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: um, just in terms of like human frailty and aging and like like changing and morphing over eons. And and then also like we don't really know all of the differences and have like a complete understanding of of like whether... Uh, well, like, what? How is a cognitive shadow different from a, a soul? I guess, like, we yeah. don't really know, and and I don't know that we ever will, like, um, know exactly, like, how that weighs in on, like the, uh, like the shards and and like yeah. their vessels and mm-hmm. just like all of these extremely ancient figures in the cosmos. Yeah.
3: or any sort of sentient investiture, like Spren or anything, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. It all fits together somehow. We just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. I want to expand it out then and say for like all eras of Mistborn, like how do we feel like Lost Metal or like even just era two in general? Like how do you, how do we feel like it fits into like
3: the like broad, like multi-era arc of Mistborn? Uh, It's 100% setting up the, the uh, further development of invested devices. Oh yeah, um, that's clearly which, a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Which like, I I believe Brandon has said is going to be kind of like pivotal to like the future future eras of Mistborn. Like, yeah, probably um, just the future of the Cosmere and the Cosmere. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. yeah. we're seeing yeah. a
3: lot of the same stuff on
0: Roshar with Fabrial Tech.
3: Yeah, and and we get a glimpse uh, into the distant future as well in Sixth of Dusk with the ones above. Yep. Yeah,
1: I think um, kind of another perspective on that question is uh that i think to me um now with the benefit of hindsight like looking at eras one and two um completed i I think it is gonna be true for me like way down the road that when looking back on like this these first two mistborn eras i feel like era two is gonna feel more like a bridge than like a Mm -hmm. complete like it, its own saga its own story yeah um like you know we had a sander Lance in the lost metal and it was great and i loved it mm-hmm. but like like you've said a couple times already like it, it did feel more like a victory lap um yeah. than than well like the the end of era one of course like that's that's still probably like the the ultimate sander Lance that that's been published so far mm-hmm. and and it tied Stormlight up all 5, of the though, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not forgetting. We might not survive
0: Stormlight 5. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. We're gonna, like, need to, like, put in, like, a week of PTO just to, like, deal with an application of Stormlight 5. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, obviously,
1: and I don't think anyone's questioned this, like, Sanderson can tie a lot of threads together and make yeah. it feel, you know, like, like it is, like, the true climax of this entire saga and that's that's just not exactly what he did with the lost
0: metal um yeah so so much of it was set up for what's coming yeah that was like a huge feeling I had and yeah I think you're totally right like it's gonna in like looking back 10 years from now when we have the next trilogy in our hands we're going to really feel I think that this was like a essentially a side project that got out of hand <laughs> yeah yeah um which I, I think that this is the sort of thing that i, I think that part of what sanderson's doing now um and it kind of like meta like how he's like arranging his affairs and business and everything i think he in a very very broad sense has realized that he can't just kind of do another mistborn and expect it to not have ramifications mm-hmm <laughs> And it, I think, it put him in this spot where he had to like figure out a way to both tie this era two up, and it, I mean, it, it's telling that for a long time he was calling it era one point five, and then just like gave yeah. up and started calling it era two. Yeah. Um, and like, like it, like the problem is that like he can't actually stop it from becoming like part of the mainline series, and I do think that like he didn't quite have the like, like you can tell that like the actual conclusion to a lot of this stuff is in his outline for the end of era three <laughs> yeah yeah and that's when i th- so you can really feel that he like knew he was going to do a bunch of like m- my guess is he was like okay we're going to do like cold war stuff we're going to do like den autonomy stuff we're going to do some, some like god metal stuff. you know they're playing noseball <laughs> no they're yeah, playing yeah. noseball baby <laughs> <laughs> the okay nose wait what the fuck is noseball <laughs> it's never been explained <laughs>
3: But we know if if uh, if Wayne's previous investments uh, are any indication, it will be the biggest fucking thing come yeah. Era Three. <laughs> oh yeah, I assume Noseball is just
0: baseball, right? I mean, that's yeah,
3: that's it. Probably. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's going to be different. I, 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 think it has to be something different because it's Brandon, but it's well, probably it's it's filling the the cultural role of baseball. I sure, yeah. yeah, that yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah.
1: I think he meant like. Well, Wayne said there's there are gonna be like three Metalborn allowed per team. And I, I yeah. wanna say like one of them is a keeper.
0: Um I oh, think interesting. Is the specific words that okay. was in there. I didn't pay that much close attention to the the details. I did remember the Metalborn bit. Yeah, he's definitely setting up to have like basically Brandon's version of Quidditch in the Cosmere, but, which I think. Yeah, that's funny. that's more Stupid, like what it sounded hopefully. like. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Hey, let's invalidate the entire game by giving this last thing 150 points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is still just a weird choice. Like, well, no one had to make that choice. <laughs> no one had to make that choice. Yeah, um, but but no no. I, so, um, actually, I'm going to drop a fun real world fact. Um, Fiona has been doing a bunch of research on our house we just bought, which is in like a fairly historic part of Cleveland, and. Um, She found out that um, where there's a school right now across the street, there was a baseball field. Um, I promise this is relevant. It's going somewhere. (laughs) Because my guess is this is, like, part of what Brandon was riffing on with it. So it was, like, a neighborhood baseball field, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. what Fiona found, and this is part of how she, like, found out about it, is that what it would be, like, would there be, like, neighborhood baseball clubs, like, for different ages and things. But what they would do is they would actually take out ads in the paper challenging other teams to matches, and then, like, the other teams would, like, just take out an ad to respond and set a time and stuff. Huh. And then just everyone would turn out for a game. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: That's cool. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is is that there's going to be noseball ads in the broadsheets right next to the latest installment of <laughs> Alamancer Jack's Adventures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, in a couple years. I mean, we're probably not going to see it because we're going to uh-huh. jump ahead. But in yeah. a couple years, that's exactly what it would be. There would be, like, you know, something dropped <laughs> in the broadsheet, like, you know, the... <laughs> octant one boys challenge you know anycomers <laughs> to a whatever whatever noseball match <laughs> can we also acknowledge
1: that like what all did, okay so what all did wayne invent like <laughs> organized sports appears to be on the list yeah i think he invented traffic lights at one point
0: yeah what else he what am i forgetting there's a few others. i mean electricity in general I, he,
3: he yeah he, <laughs> didn't did, uh, it, he, he didn't invent it, it but he he didn't invent it but he funded it And then uh, in Cars, wasn't he an investor? Well, he was an investor. He was an investor. Yeah, he was an investor in one of the big
0: factories. Yeah. 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 I think clearly that is, I I definitely read that scene as like a little tongue in cheek. Like it's just Brandon's way of like, he had done a bunch of research for like what sorts of technologies and like cultural elements were happening. Yeah. Approximately like 1900 to 1910. And then just kind of. Dumped it all into a Wayne chapter because he's
3: kind of a troll like that. It does have a Are purpose you? though, because Wayne has to be extraordinarily wealthy exactly. to have as much bend alloy as he had yes, in the comics. Yeah. So is yeah. that so it yeah. serves Harmony, a purpose? Yeah. That's exactly what it's there for. That's um,
1: what I want to know is is if if Harmony was manipulating Wayne's investments uh, in order to ensure that at the end of the day Wayne was going to
3: end up with.
1: With I that don't know, like because industrial quantum genuinely
3: surprised yeah. at how much Wayne had on him, which was one of my favorite scenes of the entire book. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne, how many how much bend do you have? See, I have
1: like, <laughs> I have like some some pretty deep questions about harmony.
0: I don't know. Do you do you want to kind of shift yeah, let's just go there. Right we, so I'll put a pin. We were talking about, like, how it fits into Mistborn overall, but we can we can pin that. Do your thing. Okay. But to be
3: fair, Harmony is pretty pivotal to, like, all of yeah. Mistborn, so yeah, I don't true. think yeah. we're that off topic. Let's go. Topic. Let's just do
0: it. <laughs> so I guess, like,
1: in in a general sense, what I'd really like to know and and just talk about is, like, just how deep was Harmony's plan, especially uh, when it comes to wax and wane at the end? because from my perspective things worked out really great for harmony in the yeah. sense that you know the day has been saved mm-hmm. and then pivotally harmony's sword is still alive yes so yeah so like if if you take like a really cynical approach to harmony like i have i have a lot of questions about like to what extent did harmony manipulate that specific outcome including Wayne's death like like did harmony like actually you know, orchestrate all of those events, and and then essentially use wax to deliver Wayne an industrial quantity of duralumin and a little bit of larazium to yeah. the the ship at the right time. To like the crucial spot. Yeah. Or is is that all? You know, is that all kind of chance and luck that made it all happen? That seems really unlikely to me. Um, and and then like then we still have to start questioning like how real is harmony's blindness and yeah. how real is harmony's reaction that you just mentioned nick where harmony like at least feigned surprise to find wayne with this giant quantity of duralumin but but like is that real or or is that just part of the uh part of the same charade part of i don't know do you guys have any yeah. thoughts on all that
3: and, and i mean we do know that like Harmony is fully capable of deception because he lies <laughs> to Kelsier's face. Yeah, <laughs> at the end, which I think is setting up a, a major conflict for future eras of Mistborn. I, I agree. think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, Kelsier's not an idiot. Like if they're able to create ATM, like they can He's create the Laracim as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and just <laughs> um, like a couple more inconsistencies. Uh, uh, yeah. inconsistency isn't even the right word, but like, yeah. possible like ulterior motive. Harmony never tells wax during the course of the events of the last metal that wax is probably mistborn so so yeah, like you yeah. could explain that by saying well, maybe harmony didn't know but it, you know it feels oh, like no, harmony, harmony at least knew. had an idea harmony knew. right okay harmony so knew. so then like yeah, Why he mentions wouldn't it, harmony mention it, it? there's mm-hmm. something going on there and and to me the likeliest explanation is to make sure that it's Wayne and not wax that dies on that boat
3: could be I That's don't know. I think I think I think Harmony was genuinely surprised by how much Bend Alloy that Wayne had, um, whether or not it was because he didn't like he he could have very well still could have manipulated those events to happen and then just underestimated how much Wayne is Wayne. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> and part of me wants to think it was genuine just because that makes that moment better. Um, if Harmony was uh, was feigning that that surprise, then it kind of uh, tarnishes the the moment a little bit of that Wayne, is yeah. you know, yeah. just being his goofy self to God, <laughs> and God being yeah. surprised. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would say that my take would be like if that was Harmony's plan, it was kind of a shitty plan. Yeah. Like, it feels like if Harmony was like that far ahead of things, he could have like figured out a better thing. I mean, maybe not. That's
1: kind of how like, I feel about, about Telson's plan, too, though. Well, fair. That, yeah. Like, it was kind of nonsense, pretty weird. And then, think, and then, yeah. like, nobody in the set, Telson included, ever like checked to see how big a boom this was going to make. That, like, that seems questionable to me, because, like, if our understanding is correct now, like, if the bomb had gone off in the way that it was intended to go off, Telson would have been dead, too, right? Or at least well, most Telsen, of the
3: Well, Telson would have been an avatar of autonomy at that point and probably would have been fine. Yeah, I, I don't um, know. Like, I think that's, well, I think that's yeah. definitely possible. I'm not I think, 100% like, sure. Uh, I don't know. I think the nature of the way autonomy functions had a lot to do with that, because autonomy was not, not pulling strings. Autonomy is like... Show me what you got, yeah. Basically, and yeah. then it's left these mortals, the set, Telson included, being like, "Okay, well, we're just gonna do stuff to try and impress this this shard, uh, and hope for the best." <laughs>
0: yeah. I do think, like, if you take like Boveden's perspective on all of it, it does make more sense because it's like Boviden kind of gave them this really dangerous stuff, and it's like, I, I think what we're supposed to read is that. Harmony's actually not entirely sure what's going to happen when this mm-hmm. goes off, but he's like really worried. Um, yeah. And by the same token, Bova probably also isn't totally sure, but doesn't actually care very much. <laughs> yeah, because that's think the impression Bavidin's I get from Bova. Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, if it nukes the planet, whatever. Yeah, like, one less problem to deal with." <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I, think I that that checks out to me. Um,
1: I, and and I think everything you guys are both saying makes a lot of sense. I'm just like. I wouldn't be that surprised if, like, in a future Mistborn book, we find that more of this was scripted a little bit by yeah. either Harmony, Discord, or both than we've been led to believe so far.
0: Yeah. I think that's very possible as well. It definitely wasn't my initial thought. Um, it does make sense. It also fits very well with like the sort of Mistborn semi-official motto, which is "there's always another secret." Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> is that uh, it? Would make a lot of that sense. Is
1: a semi-official motto for Mistborn or for like the Cosmere? I've, I've I've been wondering that off and on.
0: I think Brandon's generally positive it as more of a Mistborn thing. Was well, especially it's a Kelsier okay. thing. It's a Kelsier thing, uh, and I mean, as very strongly a Kelsier. Kelsier
3: thing. gets more, you know gets his meddling and further out into the Cosmere. I think it just, by that nature, becomes more of a Cosmere thing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <that's
0: the> <laughs> I think it's, like, especially... It's especially Kelsier and a little less especially Mistborn. But then also, because Mistborn is the sort of final resting place of the Cosmere, is probably the whole Cosmere, too. Yeah. Because we know that, like, the final Mistborn will be, like, the final arc of the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. While we're on this
1: um this yeah. harmony l- escapade let me let me read this quote you guys have probably seen it in the outline but let me read it this yeah, is yeah, go for it. um at the beginning of the book when marcy is fighting the cycle in like the sewers underneath um ellendale um and then the cycle right before Mercy yanks out the uh the the trellium spike so he's you know he's in the process of dying this is what he says mm-hmm. The ash comes again. The world will fall to it. You will get what you deserve, and all will wither beneath a cloud of blackness and a blanket of burned bodies made ash. Your end, your end comes. Either in ash or at the hands of men of gold and red. Gold and... And then that's where Mercy yanks out the spike. Okay. Who does that sound like to you guys?
0: I mean, it definitely has weird... Death rattle vibes it's definitely got some odium vibes
1: yeah okay so my my first thought and this was like my first thought just reading it the first time was that Mm. it sounds like ruin and it makes me wonder if if actually what's what's talking there like the entity that's actually like kind of Mm -hmm. motivating those words uh i wonder if that's discord and and it would mean that it's not you know it's not trell or telson or Bobadin or anybody like that that's talking through people that are mm. spiked with trellium i think what it would mean is that harmony quote-unquote harmony is still in control of of these spiked entities in the same sense that harmony could control other spiked entities but it's no longer actually harmony it's discord yeah. and then and then what that would mean i think is that the schism between harmony and discord is essentially a schism between preservation and ruin or it might be yeah. preservation with a little ruin and ruin and, with a little bit of preservation on the other side.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So what I understand of like discord would be like harmony, if it was more ruin and control than, mm-hmm. than, mm-hmm. Yeah. than uh preservation. And I mean, and we do seem to like be trending that way because on several occasions, when we see harmony, um, we're described this looming shadow behind. Yeah. You.
0: Yeah. That's yes. obviously yes. set up for stuff in era three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That does bring us to, like, kind of a crack theory, crack question, or even just regular question, I don't know. But, like, how—I mean, I I guess it boils down to this, like, is Trell actually autonomy? Or is is that, like, a smokescreen in and of itself? Yeah, I think it's
1: possible. I've even had the thought So that that
3: the shard here is not
0: autonomy at all. Yeah, because that would be one possibility is maybe this is, like, Discord— like, take, like, and it could be, like, the whole, like, Bavadin autonomy thing is purely just for, like, the world hoppers around, like, throw them off the trail a little bit.
1: Hmm. And not it's possible. Happening. It's very possible.
0: I would possible. be really surprised if it's, yeah. if autonomy I think isn't on like involved. A, yeah. I think on, a storytelling level, it would be too much of, like, a rug pull. Yeah, you know, like, I think so, too. Too much of the Bavadins. Just, like, on a, like, I think it's one of those things that, like, makes perfect sense. It would be totally logical. But I just don't think is what Brandon would do because it would just be very, like, what the fuck, bro?
1: <laughs> yeah. Here's a uh, kind of in the same vein. Um, and this is this is very aluminum foil hat. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I had the thought that you think there's any chance that what we know of as trellium is not, in fact, trellium and is anti-harmonium. Yeah, I guess we're like
0: Discordium.
1: Or it could be essentially the same as Discordium. But I mean anti-harmonium in the same sense that we have like anti- oh. anti-storm light and anti-void
0: light.
3: Mm. Shit. Yeah, I yeah, never would thought make... of that.
0: Yeah. That's oh, that like would actually make a lot of sense. Huh?
1: Okay. That's yeah, where my head was at, like at the beginning
0: and... of The Lost Metal. Yeah, because they try and push them together and the result is big boom explosion, right? Which right, right. is That's exactly what thing. happens
3: when... You know, Stormlight and anti Stormlight, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Huh. No, huh. that actually makes so much sense. I, it would almost be weird now that I think about it. It's almost weird if it's not that. Okay.
1: It See that's what so I much, was thinking yeah. at the beginning of The Lost Metal, but it, it the the course of the book kind of won me over to the other side where like it really seemed like it was actually Trellium. And then you also have like kind of interesting thematic ideas. If it's the metal of autonomy, specifically, like, the intent of autonomy is what's separating Harmony back into, like, two separate oh, entities, yeah. one where or the other. They're so, like, that. like yeah, it, it makes be. sense both ways for me is the thing.
3: Well, the, yeah. the other thing that, that could support that theory is Harmony tells Wax to make an earring out of trellium for really no reason. He basically says, I don't know, maybe it'll help. That is true. I hadn't thought about that. Well, yeah, lesson, that doesn't listen into his sister. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but like Harmony basically so like, implies that? that. Yeah, that's a huge risk. He basically like says this might help, but like it, 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 I, at least I read it in a way that it was like, it felt like Harmony was just kind of grasping at straws a little bit, which felt a little weird to me.
1: Yeah. Of course,
3: then it does, it does
1: actually connect him to Telson. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, which it works, then, yeah. If it's not Trillium and it is anti harmonium, then why would it connect him to
3: Telson, I think, is a fair question. Right. Yeah. Unless unless it is like Discord that right. is pulling the strings the yeah. entire time yeah. and like Telson is actually There's always an avatar of Discord rather than autonomy. Yeah.
0: So here's an interesting way that it could work that I think would be narratively satisfying while also filling a lot of this, which would be like maybe like Discord as, like, a sort of budding new entity has, like, in some sense made contact with Bobadin, and they're, like, working together in some sense. Which could also explain yeah. why, like, what happened with, like, the blinding and everything could be, like, Discord essentially was able to do that blinding, which let Bobadin mm-hmm. move in. And that also that would make, make a lot sense, of sense. Yeah. If, like, Trellium is actually more of, like, an anti-Harmonium sort of thing. Or it could be, like, some weird alloy going on. Um, yeah, because God knows alloys are a thing. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so like it could be like Discordium providing like some anti-harmonium. And I don't know how like one anti-investiture mixed with a different regular investiture. I don't even know how that.
1: Yeah. Did work. we ever see in Relief of War, did we ever see like anti Stormlight mixed with void light or vice versa?
0: I don't I think we ever think saw so. someone attempt it because they need okay. to make anti-storm lights to uh, get Fenderana. Uh,
1: Right, right.
0: Huh. Is it Findorana Findo- or Fendrana? I forget if there's an O in there. Uh, I think Findrana yeah. might be from Metroid Prime. <laughs> 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 I can never a remember. Deep <laughs> cut, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Tef's brand, yeah, because she gets got by anti-storm light so we know like they can't just like use anti-void light to like kill any invested thing like, it needs to be the True. right yeah or at least they think it needs to be the right sort of like coding which means it's not quite working like antimatter because like it doesn't really matter what r- i mean right like that's how antimatter would like work theoretically like it doesn't yeah. really matter like you don't need like specifically like an anti-proton to annihilate a proton or maybe you do i don't i don't, I don't
3: actually know enough physics to say
1: I th- yeah i think that's a little yeah I'm not,
3: yeah i'm not sure yeah all i know is antimatter and matter annihilate so yeah that's like
0: always yeah that's what you yeah. hear at least so but yeah it certainly seems like at least in stormlight their belief is that like you can't just like generically like you couldn't just like kill a sprint with any sort of anti-investiture okay. like you need like the anti-stormlights
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. that raises weird questions because like yeah. We usually think that sprints are actually a mix of honor and cultivation. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, like, so what maybe you would... could
1: kill a sprint with either anti-stormlight or anti-life yeah. light.
0: Yeah, or maybe it's like maybe if you went after a cultivation sprint with anti-stormlight, it would mm-hmm. like hurt them real bad, but maybe not kill them because they have yeah. enough life light in there to. I don't know. That all seems because honor sprint obviously would be the most of honor. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. maybe, like, the High brand. So it makes sense that, like, if you get rid of the Stormlight, there's probably not much left. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Fascinating. I hadn't even considered any of that before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man.
1: There's some stuff here.
0: There's some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, But no, I, I think... Well, I'll go on record and say that, like... There's something up with Harmony. Oh, yeah. Definitely not being all truthful all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a pretty open question how deep the trickery goes. But he's not. He's definitely not being
3: honest at all times. Right. Well, and part of that is is that, like, because, like, I could see, like, some of the deceptions that we've seen. I can see is, like, something Seizid would do. Seizid the festival would do. Because he thinks it's. You know, for the best. And, um, but it, when we start to factor in like the the ruin part of him, um, and or potentially the, this uh, like alter ego of Discord um, is potentially manipulating things. Is it? Is it? Are we going to see like almost like a uh, Golem Smeagol <laughs> type thing going on <laughs> if Ruin gets more power, where like Harmony and Discord are. Two separate entities, both inhabited by the vessel Sayzed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's important that it's going to be the same vessel. So, like, right. Zed's personality will come through both. So, even if Discord yeah. is out there doing stuff, it's right going to be like doing so with Sayzed's personality, which is a fascinating and terrifying idea.
3: Right. And, and I mean, it also like how that plays out can. I mean, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, I guess how, um, I guess the the order of things, um, we'll see. I guess how Teravangian odium plays out, yeah, and that will be an indicator, maybe, of what a more ruin centric, you know, uh, uh, yeah. a discord says it, uh, what that looks like.
0: Yeah, Teravodium is absolutely terrifying. It's
3: terrifying. It really is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Here's. Go Man. Ahead, <laughs> No, no, go ahead. I was gonna ask like a segue as yes. if you have something to say, do it. Uh, it's kinda it kinda is a segue. Um
2: okay, yeah. but kinda
1: not. Um I was wondering if Well, okay, so talking about CZ. Um mm-hmm. at the end of Era One. Um in my mind, and it's been a little bit, so uh update me if I'm if I'm off on something. But like in, in my mind, essentially the reason CZ was tuned to Ruin enough to take up Ruin. Um, like, to take up the actual shard, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of yeah, the, yeah. the first trilogy. Um, was It was all, like, connected to his trauma after having lost Tindwill, yeah, and then kind of one. the entire mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it seems to me like kind of an open question. Um, what does the ruinous side of says actually look like like what is his personality that would come through if yeah. if he's like more if his personality is is more like won over by the the power of ruin than than cultivate or yeah then then preservation excuse me yeah
3: like what what does says look like in that context yeah i almost imagine it's kind of like you have that friend who is like the coolest dude who's super friendly and, like, the nicest guy, and then that one time you see that friend angry and it's the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. That's kind of how I picture it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm thinking, too, like, the stories, though, because what we see yeah. is he kind of sinks into, like, depression and nihilism a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it
0: might be less cool than that. I mean, like, less, like, badass, if that makes sense. Almost like huh.
3: ruin through apathy than... yeah. Because like, that like, that Ruin. is definitely, Ruin's definitely Ruin's like what we see out of
0: Seizad. Yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's interesting.
3: Yeah, no, that's that's a good observation.
0: Yeah, it, it's weird because that is a much less compelling character, um, but that is kind of what we see is that Ruin Seizad, is not like this badass avenging flame. He's like, oh yeah, I guess these are all kind of fake, huh? Yeah, I, gonna... I think actually might be a really interesting character though. Like,
1: I definitely, think definitely done well. Um. It would, that just like sets up a very unique villain, just like right yeah. off the bat. and
3: and I guess uh, like that that would make a lot of sense because one of the biggest gripes that Wax has with Harmony is Harmony not acting yeah. um when in times where Wax thinks he should. So like ruin through neglect makes a lot of sense for sees yeah. it as a vessel. It really does. Um, yeah,
1: that's
3: a good point. But, yeah.
0: That is fascinating if, like, that becomes a broader theme in the Mistborn series is, like, the kind of ruinous capacity of apathy and nihilism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, like, in the transition to Cold War era, like, yeah. politics. Like,
1: that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, honestly, listen- if Sanderson was planning that particular, like, parallelism way back when he was writing the first trilogy, that's, a, that's impressive even by his standards.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that, actually. Um, Like, the Cold War stuff that's clearly getting set up. Because that's definitely the vibe I got. Because he's talked about it being, like, 80s or 90s or something. Yeah. I think he's usually said specifically, like, 80s. Which definitely, like, calls to mind, like, late Cold War. And obviously he set up, like, nukes and stuff. So, like, Mm -hmm. to me that seems pretty obvious. That's where we're going with Era 3. Is it's going to be, like, Cold War, spies, like nuclear weapons terrifying diplomacy like all that kind of jazz does that sound about correct (laughs) yeah yeah. i think
3: so and Mm -hmm. and also like with the advancement of technology like we'll probably be seeing like uh like metallic arts fueled modern technology Mm -hmm. like computers and stuff yeah oh yeah well he
0: specifically said i think hasn't he said that like his main character for that series he's always imagined as like a hacker think I have a vague memory of that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah that sounds correct.
0: Because what I vaguely remember is he's talked about, like, a nycro hacker character that he's had uh, for a really yeah. long time. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And then I think the other bit that he's talked about is, like, the idea of a Mistborn serial killer. Mm. That is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Though part of me wonders if he, like, like, shot a shot with that a little bit with Palm. Mm. Yeah. Because definitely there's a lot of that going on. Like, obviously not Mistborn, per se, but, like, what yeah. about like a serial killer who's like really going ham on the metalborn abilities? And that's Palm. Yeah, that's true. So I have no idea how much of that he plans to like keep or toss, but I do think I've heard him talk about both of those things before. Mm-hmm. You know
1: what this is? This is making me think, and and this is probably a uh, rabbit hole we don't need to chase. But is are the Malwish socialist? Like, is Sanderson going to go there or? Uh... It, do you think like he's gonna know. leave that out
0: of the Cold War? It I, could be. Yeah, I think he's gonna not delve into the communism bit. Yeah, you're probably right. I think he just doesn't. I think for good reason doesn't really want to go there. It yeah. would be distracting. Yeah, yeah.
3: I I, it, <laughs> it, I get the impression that what he's more interested uh, is the like mutually assured destruction, like nukes yeah. pointed at each other type Cold War story. Yeah, um, which the, I think. keep going yeah the 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 political you know ideologies of the different nations aren't as important as the fact that they're in conflict and kind of yeah with fingers on the buttons you know yeah
0: i think that just like the huge cultural gap that -hmm. we have between the north and the south yeah will kind of make that the job done work yeah it will get the job done without needing to like invoke communism right yeah um I wouldn't be shocked if he start plays around with ideas around, like, authoritarianism or, like, fascism a little bit. Because mm-hmm. we've done a little bit of that already in Miss Well, a lot of that in Mistborn, frankly. Yeah. Um, with the Lord Ruler and everything. Right. Um, And also some in Era too, with, like, especially in the Shadows of Self with, like, the revolution stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's not, like, running scared from, like, the politics. But I do think he's trying not to make them, like super political. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, like, my guess. I, I would not be shocked if we see something where, like, the Mawish end up kind of dystopian. Or the other way around, mm-hmm. it could be that, like, the Ellendale Basin folks end up yeah. in some sort of, like, weird dystopian situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be very... It'd be a really interesting thing if Brandon actually shifts the focus to the southern continent in Era 3. I wouldn't be shocked if he did it. Yeah, I, like think he's going to keep us on the northern continent just because um in terms of like where our main characters are from just because that is like the big three line
3: yeah but
0: i would certainly want to put it past brandon to intentionally whiplash our viewpoint some to the southern continent yeah and just expect us to keep up it's something brandon would would at least think about i think man that's a lot of stuff we just talked about yeah sure is.
3: (laughs) and I, I think we only put a tiny dent in our in our notes here yeah
1: yeah we, we like made it to the what the third the third bullet point or something
0: yeah <laughs> um let's um swing back to talking about how it fits into the cosmere and yeah maybe um let's take the rest of our outline and say that if we like how this has gone we might uh circle back and do another lost mental episode okay um yeah but let's 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 come back and kind of like Put this episode into like a circle by just expanding out to like just the Cosmere as a whole. Like, how does how does the Lost Metal and how does Era Two fit in? And I'll lead us off by like noting that as far as I'm aware, I think he's like intentionally avoided being super duper specific, but it certainly mm-hmm. seems that this happens in the gap between Stormlight Five and
3: Stormlight Six.
0: So yeah, that was my. What does that mean? <laughs>
3: I personally don't think we've seen The Last of Wax. And I think Uh, we may... I think Harmony may intend to use him in greater Cosmere stuff. Because we have the letter that Harmony sends to Hoyd in the epitaphs in Stormlight. I forget which book it shows up. Where he specifically says that... He's like
0: forged a weapon.
3: Yes. And he calls it a sword. sword. Specifically. And he says that in relation to Harmony's involvement in uh, conflict with Odium and greater like shardic conflicts throughout the Cosmere. So it I read that as Harmony that's Harmony's plan for oh, being more active in the greater Cosmere is send wax. So Woof. I don't think we've that's seen terrifying. I don't think we've seen the end of Wax, especially now that yeah. he's a mistborn, and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts world hopping um during the time period of st- uh the back half of stormlight.
1: I see that as kind of like a key part of what I was talking about with Harmony and Wayne earlier that okay. the reason I think like Harmony it would be such a high priority to make sure that Wayne dies rather than wax is specifically mm-hmm. because I don't think we've seen the thing that Harmony needed a sword for. Like I don't yeah. think we've seen it yet.
0: I agree. Oh, uh, okay. That's huh, that is scary because I mean like Wax does not like being Harmony Sword, <laughs> right? No, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's gonna go well but, for Wax. Yeah, I'm just imagining like Wax cutting through Roshar like a buzz saw though, uh, <laughs> with the with the like Duralumin spike. I just realized I was I was
1: saying the wrong metal earlier, wasn't I? For uh, Wayne, he uses Bend that long. <laughs> yes, anyway
0: he uses bend alloy. oh um, yeah, yeah well no he also uses de- he uses yeah 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 but it was because he had to the- burn
3: all that bend yeah, alloy immediately yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but oh man yeah imagining wax I mean just I mean just think like what wax would do if he just like dropped in a re and told the to fuck shit up yeah he, like nothing good <laughs> right he would fuck like, some shit up yeah
3: I mean we saw Kaladin do it already yeah um I, I'm kind of like fascinated to see it because in my mind, just from like a storytelling perspective, I don't understand what the reason of making Wax a Mistborn at the very end where he doesn't even realize it yeah, when the yeah. book ends. I um, do.
0: I do have a theory for that, um, which is that I think we're going to see Wax and Staris have more children and then future Mistborn will be born from that line. Okay. Um, that's I a, think that's, that's part of Okay, okay. okay. That yeah. makes sense. Is that, that by introducing sense. loracium back into the mix it creates a potential for like mistborn a few decades in the future. The, you yeah, know what it, what it, that theory doesn't quite account for? The the point, yeah. What does that not account for, Mike? Um the the
1: lumens bike and specifically yeah. like wax and um marsh, I think at the very end. Like I think it might be the last epilogue to to the Lost Metal. Okay. Um like they're they're chatting and Wax is he says something along the lines of, Yeah, I haven't even like thought about trying to remove it yet. Or maybe he has thought about it, but he hasn't done it. And and so anyway, like that little bit of dialogue to me emphasizes that that spike is going to play a role in, yeah. in something in the future. I, yeah. I think
3: you're right because, I mean, technically, as a Mistborn, he can bur- burn Duralumin naturally, but the spike, it would give him a boost, right? Yeah, that's it's going like to be like the double. Whole... And, right, and, and then also, that's like the whole idea of, like, Marsh being... Um, like a super seeker. Yeah, super yes. seeker yeah. Uh, when he became uh, an Inquisitor. Yeah,
1: right. And then um, I think there's... Well, I, I wonder if you guys have any thoughts on this. Like, do you think Wax is, like, a full, like, original power Mistborn?
0: I no, I don't think so. no watered down? No, I think yeah. he's extremely okay. watered down. That's like, kind of my, my guess. Thought, yeah. yeah. My guess is that, um, I mean, we see with Ellen that, like, the effect of being stronger is, like, his... Like, for instance, like, his steel pushes are just, <laughs> like, way more powerful. <laughs> my <laughs> guess is that, like, Wax is at the level where, like, if he pulls on metal... It's, like, a gentle tug at the very yeah. strongest. That's my. That's case. what I thought, too. Yeah. And I think Though, we see that
1: with, like, the... I think we see his first iron pull um, when he's, like, falling and he catches that vial. I don't know if, if you guys uh, remember that. Oh! I do remember that. That makes a lot of
0: sense.
3: Yeah. yeah that he like I didn't even put there. that together. Yeah.
0: Shit. Yeah. But it is interesting if he, like, has full access to... In the audiobooks, don't they say Duraliman? Duraliman. Yeah, I think they okay. do. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, yeah. So he has like full access to Duralumin through the spike, which means even if his like iron pulling is really really weak, if he like loads up on iron and burns Duralumin, he could produce like a one time like normal strength. Pull. Yeah, pull. That's my um, thought too.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think that is alone because like Wax was already incredibly powerful. Yeah. Before like, getting a little dose of loracium. So yeah. that basically just gives him a little bit more flexibility with some of the problem-solving he can do. Yeah. Um, and then, like, his Duralum... Uh, with his uh, du- uh, Duralumum spike, uh, like, being misborn on top of that is... Like, he can extra burn that. Yeah, he for, can do some serious yeah. shit. So uh, I don't think it's... Uh, yeah, it may not it may not up his like potency that much, but it definitely gives him more options, I think. Yeah. Where I'm sure he'll be able to like burn tin for a little bit of a, a sensory boost and like, you know, burn yeah. pewter for a little bit of uh you know. Yeah. Well and uh, wax is the exact
0: sort of person who will like mm-hmm. benefit the most from these like very circumstantial capabilities. Right. Mm-hmm. Like You know, even if all he can do is, like, one time, like, nudge someone's, like, emotions a certain way. Like, Wax will figure out the way to do it that, like, changes the whole game. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, That's actually... I also want to just talk about, like, Wax's steel savantism because it's pretty ridiculous by this Mm -hmm. book.
1: That is very true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... I mean, we even get like Wayne, like, talk about, like, while he's, like, in, like, the speed bubble, like, notice, like, Wax, like, gently nudge a passing bullet to hit uh-huh. someone behind him. Like, yeah, it's wild. Uh-huh. God damn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh- and, like, Wax's arrival with the machine gun going is probably my favorite scene from the book.
3: Yeah. Where it's, oh, right like, the there.
0: machine gun lights up and they're all about to die and then all the bullets just stop.
3: Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I, I love – I mean, this is a, a testament to, to, like, just Brandon's creativity for by, like, creating different magic systems and then mashing them together in creative ways. Because, like, all of the twin-born twin combinations are fascinating to see in action. Yeah. And Wax is, is particularly potent because he can increase his weight so that his pushes do more. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And and, and I love... it
1: changes like his motion through the air. Like, yeah when he's, when he's yeah. giving up Yeah, film. yeah. Uh yeah. and I
3: and I love back in um Bands of Mourning when he's talking to Chris and she like points out that like there's only been three with that specific combination. He's only like yeah. one of three yeah. ever yeah. wow. twin born yeah, with that, that combination yeah. of metal uh metallic arts, you know. Yeah.
0: Which makes perfect sense. I mean, why would yeah. it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Especially because, like, the ferrochemical arts are, like, pretty rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But, yeah. It's cool stuff.
0: Yeah, so... Okay, so we're thinking, like, Wax will have a role to play in the Cosmere movie. I'm that
3: i I think so, that does so. feel yeah. right, yeah. I don't I don't know
1: for sure. Uh, I don't expect him to ever appear on screen in something more than a cameo. And maybe uh-huh. not even that. But yeah. I, I think he's going to be a force in the Cosmere one way or another. I sure. think
2: that
0: makes sense. Yeah. yeah that tracks. Um... See, any other really big, like, Cosmere implications? Um Do we think that there's anything to be gleaned about the end of Stormlight 5 from this book? I don't I think there are a few things. We they have... talk a little bit about Roshar being really dangerous. Yeah.
1: I have, like, kind of yeah. three different things, actually, as a okay, the yeah, response yeah. there. Hit us. like, So the one... Uh, and let me just run through the list and you guys can decide what sounds interesting. Okay. Um, things, well, like potential spots where we can maybe glean some information about Stormlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one, the the redheads that Malon encounters yep. in mm-hmm. um, the cognitive realm. Um, two, the talk, well, we met Eatil's brother, right? And then yeah. Kelsier and – I can't remember his name, but Iyatil's brother have a conversation about her where they talk about Iyatil having, like, run amok in, in Roshar or something. Uh, so I think that yeah. could tell us some information about, like, the structure of the ghost bloods a little bit yeah. and maybe, like – some direction about the direction in which things are being fucked up on Roshar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was actually just looking for it, but I didn't find it right now, but I swear there's something that Chris writes in the Ars Arcanum about when she's talking about harmony being a combined shard. Um, I swear there was a line that she talks about like um, that having happened recently on Roshar or something that seems huge to me. Oh no, I, I just found it. Okay. Um, So, yeah, this is in the Ars Arcanum. She's talking about, like, combinations of... Actually, it's combinations of Allomancy and Farrakimi. Oh, yeah. I think she's
0: just there talking about, like, the resonances. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I misremembered
1: that. The line I was was thinking of is, One need look only at what has happened on Roshar to find this manifested. Two powers combined often have an almost chemical reaction. Yeah, I think you're. I think that's a red herring. Um, Mm -hmm. Well,
3: I mean, also like thinking, because I I remember hearing that, and I, uh, I always interpreted that as, um, like, her talking about the different surges because, like, the surges are like combination, different combinations of uh, honor and uh, cultivations powers.
1: I feel like the specifically. one need look only at what has happened on Roshar to find this. I feel like maybe that's alluding to events that we don't know of yet, but maybe it,
0: maybe it's also. I similar. think it's just referring to the return of the Night's Radiant. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're probably right. And like the way that their powers do some wacky shit when they're combined. Yeah. yeah. So then
1: the the Redheads and Eotil, I would say, yeah. are like the two things yeah. that jump out to me as yeah.
3: maybe... Which I think in
0: the audiobooks they pronounce Eotil. Yattle, okay.
3: I, I honestly uh, don't don't recall, but but uh, But you know who we're talking about. Yeah. I know okay. who you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I think that's what they say. Um, I, I also point that out just so listeners to the podcast who listen to the audiobooks aren't gonna be like, Who the fuck is Yattle <laughs> <laughs> Or ESL or whoever yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the person with the mask in the ghost bloods
3: right. who yes. is
0: like scary. <laughs> I, I
3: did want to uh, uh, kind of take that and springboard into a little bit more Ghost Blood discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, I find it very interesting how slightly different the Ghost Bloods feel when we perceive them from the different perspectives. Because, like, when Shallan yeah. meets the Ghost Bloods, they have a far more mysterious and sinister kind yeah. of feeling. And then Maracy meeting the ghost bloods. It feels like a little bit more of like uh, a ragtag group. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Uh, and we know that the events of the lost metal almost certainly come after the events of stormlight uh, at the first, first five of stormlight. Um, so it's really interesting to me that we see like Shalon's uh, experience with the ghost bloods and how much different it is than what we see with the ghost bloods here yeah um and it makes me wonder like if there's any uh, evolution of uh kelsey or slash Car's machinations or if it's just perspective you know i, I think that should be read at, well i think that what mike
0: was talking about with yaddle's stuff um i think is the stronger explanation that i think mm-hmm. that The way that I read it right now is that, to a large extent, the Ghostblood organization on Roshar is Iyadal's creation. Um, Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we're seeing is that Iyadal is not really that aligned with Kelsier in terms of, like, what precisely she's trying to do all the time.
3: (laughs) Interesting.
1: That's kind of been what I've been thinking, too. Or at at the very least, even if their ends are aligned, it it seems like they have very different means and approaches. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And we also get so we think the yottles from like the hunter group
3: in yeah. the southern
0: continent, which seems a little marginalized because the mawish are kind of taking over everything, right? Um, uh, and because they also... have
3: they have like the half mask, right?
0: Wait, e- uh, what do you mean by the half mask? Like it only covers the top half of their face. The hunters. Well, right. the Hunters Am have I the thinking... thing where they they never take the mask off. Oh, yeah. Like, it literally, like, it, like their skin grows onto into their skin. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 you're right. And Yaddle's like that. And uh-huh. so is her um, brother, I think. And so is her brother, yeah. So there might also be, like, some cultural stuff going on. I mean, like, the type of people who would just, like, let their mask grow into their face don't really sound like warm and fuzzy <laughs> folks, you know what I mean? Right. Not so much. So, like, Yaddle's kind of, like, weird, like, survival of the fittest, Model for the Ghost Bloods, where she's like, Oh, like you might die or you might join, like, take your pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, feels like it might be more a like, well, like running amok. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other thing you, oh, the, the, uh, the redheads. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, I know that the one that I've seen other people say, and this one makes a lot of sense, is like corn eaters. Yeah. Does that,
3: is that kind of where everyone is with that? (laughs) I think that makes the the most sense. The most obvious, like, group of redheads in the Cosmere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And And, and that makes me
3: close to a perpendicularity. Yes. Yes.
1: And then I wonder if actually what we're learning about here is the rock novella more than Stormlight 5.
3: Oh, yeah. Interesting. That would make sense. Yeah. So the other thing is, is like, has there always been like horn eaters like traipsing around shadesmar um mm-hmm. or is this a direct result of the events of stormlight five like so are perhaps the horn eaters fleeing something yeah
0: I- i'll toss in my thought which i think is fairly aligned with what a lot of people think which is it seemed likely for a while that the horn eater peaks are going to be targeted by the forces of odium mm-hmm. uh, because they're just such an obvious important strategic point to like control the perpendicularity yeah um so it would make a lot of so my immediate thought was like well they're like refugees that yeah. you know odium attacked they don't have an easy way to get everyone down the side of the mountain so instead they all flee into the into shadesmar and now harmony's gonna try and throw him a lifeboat with milan or something yeah got it but I think that that seems like the most natural explanation yeah now the very fact is the most natural explanation suggests that <laughs> there's almost certainly complications on top of it. Um, though, to me, this the structure of it makes a lot of sense. There's probably a lot more to it um, because it's Brandon and it's always going to be a lot more to it. But I think that's going to be like the, the extremely loose gist of what's going on. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are currently at an hour 23. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think this is a good spot to call this episode. Um, I do think we'll chat a little bit later about finding a time to maybe do a second episode because there is a lot of our outline yeah, we did not a lot even of, touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of it's I, spicy. <laughs> I still have a lot to say.
3: <laughs> yeah, because we didn't really talk
0: about World Hoppers. We did talk uh-uh. about Milan a little bit. We didn't we talk about out. the Bands of Mourning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Most of the much.
1: characters that we wrote down, we haven't really gotten into. That's much.
0: true. Yeah, we really haven't done any of that. Mm. So, obviously, there's mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. Um, Magic stuff. Yeah. So, um, no, I think we are at a good spot. I'm going to button it here. Right. Um Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, Thanks for listening. Um, We hope you enjoyed, and we are planning to bring you more uh, Cosmere and Brandon Sanderson content um, whenever we are able. So, have a good one, everyone. Bye. There's always another secret. Back on Toral, I wasn't nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody.
3: The void Fair begins maneuvering towards this 200 meter long space whale. Down to handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have?
1: I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit.
0: If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you.
3: This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating to spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? <laughs> fuck? What am I trying to say here, Ramdus? That were crew. I like that. Recruit. That is a natural one. You sent yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh, I'm putting a python into the ground, I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. No. A gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Dasha's idiot's laughter. <laughs> Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait, <laughs> wait, uh, wait. Other way around. wait.
0: ProjectDerail.com